Blog Talk Radio. And Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Wednesday night. That's right, folks. Wednesday night, April 20th, 2011. We are on the back end of the belly to belly and a back to back jack of Pure Gold. And we hope you've enjoyed every minute of it because I know we have too. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports life and everything in between. My name is Joe, just business Buccino, And as always, seated in his fantasy draft chair, my tag team partner and co host. David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. the number one draft pick, folks. Woo! DG, how are you? You know, I am doing fantabulous, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and, uh, you know, it's a little prelude by you singing your fantasy draft chair. We'll get to that, folks. But before we do, DG, some contact information and our poll question of the week. Folks, as always, the number to call in and be a part of the greatest show on earth, oh, that would be 714-364-4721. Once again, that number, 714-364-4721. The poll question this week is, is the Mets season already over? Yes, no, or who cares? And, of course, you can check out everything at puregoldpg.com, which, of course, is where the poll question is located, where all the questions are located. Anything you want to know about this show, except their shoe sizes, are located at puregoldpg.com, where you can follow us on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. Oh, baby. Oh, and by the way, the Mets lost again tonight. So the Mets are now 5-13, the officially the worst team in the National League, sir. How about the worst team in Major League Baseball? Well, uh, like a glove. I'm not sure. Are they the worst team in Major League Baseball? Let's go. Let's go to the the videotape, folks. Let's look and see. Fitz, get the job done. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know in a minute, folks. <sighs> JB, how are you doing, sir? I mean, you know, we're talking about math. We're talking crap. We're talking garbage. We're talking, uh, you know, who knows what. You know, I'm doing fine. It's pretty, um, I don't know if it's funny, sad, whatever you want to say, a statement on us, that, you know, this week is one of the holiest of holy weeks, and here we are talking about crap like football, baseball, the Mets, you know, some draft that we're about to do. But, you know, Easter is this Sunday, DG, and it's, it's probably the holiest week of the calendar year. Well, it definitely is. We have Good Friday on Friday. We have okay. Sunday, well, obviously, right? We have uh, Sunday, which is, of course, Easter, which is the day, the day we celebrate Easter, the day that Jesus uh, resurrected, rose again, as it were. And uh, it's a big week. You know, I know in the Catholic Church they have uh, Holy Thursday, which is tomorrow, and I believe they have Holy Saturday or something to that effect. I, I'm not sure. Maybe you can clue me in on that, sir. But aside from that, this is definitely a great week. You know, as Christians, we love Easter. Um but you're right, instead of talking about that, we're talking about other type of garbage. And, sir, um, segueing from Easter, which is important to the Mets, which are not important, like I said, the Mets are officially 5-13, and, and JB is right, they are the worst team 
in Major League Base right now. And they're one and eight at home, and uh, four and who know who four and five on the road. You have to admit, JB, this is a great start by the Mets getting off. This is exactly what we needed, what they needed to get the fan base energized, sir. I mean, it is exciting time. It's exciting and wonderful time to be a Mets fan. Did you happen to hear the interview with uh, our current Mets manager, with Mike Francesa today? No, sir, I did not. <laughs> well, let's just say that, you know, the guy starts, you know, Mr. Collins does start out pretty energetic, but, you know, Mike Francesa, I mean, let's just face it, he just cannot stand the Mets. I mean, the two teams that he loathes the most, I think, in sports are the Mets and the Jets because, you know, he absolutely paints the grimmest of grim pitchers but not only does he paint that picture of Grimm, but he takes some pleasure in it. And you know that's a fact, BJ. He just loves the fact that the Mets are the worst team in baseball. And not only that, he just loves the fact that we have to suffer and suffer as Mets fans. And, you know, it's ratings for him, obviously, because Mets fans call him. But, you know, this team is just just crap, pure crap. Um I, I, I would think at this point every, everybody's up for, you know, a trade if if they could find somebody – that wants Reyes at this point, you could have him. I mean, I know you're going to disagree with me. Ike Davis, he could go too. They can no. all go. <laughs> no. I, you know where you can go, sir. But since this is, you know, our show before Easter, I'm not going to say where it is because that's not a good place. <laughs> but aside from <laughs> aside from that, it, you know, isn't it a shame that we're we're 18 games into the season. We're less than three weeks officially completed in the Major League Baseball season, and the Mets are not only an afterthought, but they're the they're the cellar dwellers not only in the NL East but in the entire the entirety of Major League Baseball. Is that amazing or what? I mean, we we thought they'd be bad, but I don't think either one of us thought that they'd be five and thirteen after two and a half weeks, sir. Definitely not. And can you imagine, like I said last night, can you imagine if the Knicks and the Rangers are not in the playoffs and the New York media can only focus on the New York Yankees and the New York Mets? I mean, they'd be running this team out of town. You know, sir, the the Mets need to be running the town. You know, I was thinking today, I was talking to a, a loyal listener of ours, uh, one of the many, and uh, we were talking about the Mets and how they're pretty much done and whatnot, but, you know, he told me how he's been suffering for so many years and never gives up and all this other garbage. Well, the truth of the matter is that what the Mets are doing, what, well, you know, I was talking to my dad, another lifelong Mets fan who's suffered way more than I have. The fact is that the Mets, there's no hope for this team. You know, I was reading... Uh, when I went to lunch today, that's a p- plug one of our what should be one of our sponsors, Boston Market. I was there today, and uh, I give those people so many business. I should be like a shareholder in that company. <laughs> but aside from that, I'm looking at my phone, you know, looking at the daily news, and I see the Mets bumbling and fumbling. And this is yesterday, not today, of course. This is t- today's paper talking about yesterday, and you know the Mets are just so terrible. It seems that they, they don't know how to play fundamentals, regardless of who the manager is. Terry Collins talked about how the Mets would be a good fundamental team, how the Mets would be, you know, better than they have been recently. And, you know, Joe, they're actually worse in the terms of fundamentals than they were under Jerry Manuel. And so how is that even possible? How could they possibly be any worse? Now, I love Ike Davis. I don't want to get rid of him. So I'm kind of – I'm in between what you're saying and, you know, what I'm thinking or, or what what the matters would dictate. But I honestly think that what the Mets need to do – I wish it were possible, sir, that this were a video game and the Mets could cease to exist for like two or three years and completely revamp the organization and then come back. Because I don't know, you know, I'll never stop being a Mets fan, but, I mean, this is the earliest that I could ever remember 
feeling so discouraged and so bummed out. Even in the 90s, when they were the worst team money could buy, I, I didn't think that they were this done this early, sir. Yeah, you're right. And I look at three Mets from last year that, you know, we had hopes would have a, um, you know, continue to have a, a good year this year, carry, you know, the carryover effect. And I look at, you know, R.A. Dickey, because I thought that, you know, with that knuckleball, I really thought that he'd be a great pitcher. And I guess he, he you know, right as of right now, I guess he is a one-year wonder because he ain't proven nothing this year. And then you have Mike Pelfrey, the enigma that we all know him to be. You know, we really need him to step it up. And he has an ERA of like 9.72, I believe. And then the other person that you have is this, the starting center fielder, the person that we, you know, PG said it first, I think. One of the one of the first people that said it was that, you know, Angel Pagan is not a starting center fielder. And when you look no. at those three people, when you look at those three people, DG, all of them are underperforming. And then you have David Wright. That do you know David Wright, by the way, is on pace to break his record from last year with most strikeouts on the franchise? <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me, but we are definitely I, I think that are we negative? Yes. Yes, we absolutely are. Are we realistic? Yes, we absolutely are. And why do I say that? Because the fact of the matter, I don't even know why we're talking about the Mets to open up this show or we're going to do the draft and everything, but the fact is that Mets fans fall in love with these bum, blank, blank guys like Angel Pagan, guys who really aren't that good. You know, Pagan is a, is a decent ball player, but he's not a number, he's not a starting outfielder. He's not a number two hitter. He's not a number three hitter. That guy's like a, like a number seven hitter on a good team and the fourth or fifth outfielder, you know, and that's it. That's all that he is. You know, I'm looking at the Mets starting rotation, sir. The Mets starting rotation is a combined – oh, Chris Young is in the deal, by the way, in case anybody didn't know about that. Three wins, and they have – excuse me, sir – eight losses. They're three and eight, and other than Young, all the ERAs are about four or higher – uh, Dickey's 3.93. Nice is 5.87, who we thought he'd be good. Capuano is 8.53, and Palfrey is 9.72. So Chris Young and his disabled, you know, shoulder, that 1.7, 1.46 ERA of his brings down the rest of them because, man, what an absolute train wreck they are, sir. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, we might be negative and we might be too negative on many topics, but you know, all we all we need to do is just tell you know you fans that the call in number is seven one four three six four four seven two one, and that is the call in number to to voice your opinion on the Mets because you know maybe me and DG are critical. We don't think we're too critical about the team. I think honestly we sound more realistic than most Mets fans because you know you have some Mets fans calling other stations like the fan, and you know they're saying how you know it's early in the season and the Mets will rebound. They can't get any worse, but folks. I think it can get worse. I think that this team could really fall out of like contention by the end of this month. And you know, you obviously they're they're out of contention already with the worst record in baseball. But they they could fall out of. Um, what do I want to say here? I don't know what I want to say. I, I have to think about this one again. But fall out of relevance. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, they they might not be relevant after April. And and for for a Mets fan to hear that. You know that 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 means there's going to be another five months of baseball, and the Mets are not going to be relevant for five months. And then you have to wait, you know, you have to wait another four months before you can even talk about NFL if there is going to be an NFL season. So if you're a Mets fan, you're in for a long, 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 long season. Um, so DG, I think that at, at this point, if Beltran is on fire right now and, you know, he's at his highest market value because of his injury and all that, I think you need to start looking for takers for Carlos Beltran because 
he's not going to, you know, you don't want to resign him next year. So if the guy's batting like over 300 and he's hitting the ball solidly, I know he can't run anymore. Um, but you, you have to start looking for takers for this guy and get rid of him. The truth is, though, nobody's going to want him at this time uh, of the year. I agree with you, like they should be looking, but it's too early because nobody's looking at any trades at this point. Nobody's out of contention unlike, unless the, you're the Mets. The truth is the Mets have a good – the Mets can go around. They can be 8-20 and 20 by the end of this month, let's say, and then turn around next month and be 15-15, and 17-14, you know, whatever, have a decent month, and then, you know, kind of get back on, on the ball. But the truth is that this team does not have that much talent, and that, that's the thing, folks. We're not, the Mets aren't the Red Sox. The Red Sox are 6-11. and 11. You think they're going to turn around? You know, they were 0-6 at, at one point, 0-7, whatever it was. Now they're 6-11. and 11. But the Mets, you, you don't have any hope because the Mets don't have any talent. That, that, that's just the, the facts of the facts, and the numbers don't lie, sir. Yeah, and you know what? Jason Bay does make his return off the DL. But if, if this he? guy, yeah, he does makes he his really? return tomorrow. Yeah, he does. But the, my point is that um, even, you know, Francesa, Mr. Negative Francesa, he thinks that if if Bay has a good season or a good first half of the season, they might actually look to deal him. And, he's you know, he still has a, at least, I think, another two years on his contract as a Met. He does. He does. But it's not a terrible contract, you know. At two and a half years, Mets pick up some of it. It's And he, he has been a very productive player in his past. He's not... He's not injury prone like Beltran. He's not, you know, on his last legs, as it were. So there is a possibility that somebody will take him, sir. There's no doubt about that. But um, you have any more Mets notes, sir? Because I really want to get into our whole draft scenario, everything. And we could talk. We really could talk about the Mets for two hours and how terrible they are. But I really would like to get into the draft situation. And I know that this might be a little slow moving in terms of, of who picks who and what. But anything else about the uh, the scum turd Mets? Well, I just want before we, you know, we'll get to the draft, and we have to explain why we came up with this draft thing. But I just want to also, you know, I just want you to get your your opinion on, you know, Mike Pelfrey and this whole starting rotation. At this point, I think you're right. I think you wish you wish you could fast forward three years from now and see what the Mets look like, but that's not going to happen. So people like Mike Pelfrey, Dickey, uh, R.A. Dickey, um, just guys that are just not getting the job done, D.G., um, what do you think about? I mean, what do you? What would you do with a Mike Pelfrey at this point with nine point seven two ERA? Well, honestly, what can you do with Pelfrey other than just let him pitch and hope that he sorts it out? I mean, he proved at least for most of the year last year that he has excellent stuff. He's a very he can be a good pitcher. I mean, will he be for the rest of the year? Who knows? But I don't think you can do anything with him. Dickey he signed him to two years. It's early, but you know what? He doesn't have the body of work. The fact is that no Met player really has the body of work other than maybe David Wright. That to say, you know what, this guy's going to come back, he's going to be good. Because if you look at Jose Reyes, I mean, he's, he's an injury waiting to happen. So I, I don't see what excitement, I don't see what interest, I don't see anything that could possibly happen with this um, this team, sir, if anything to happen for the fans to be excited. I mean, look at Brad Emus. You know, the Mets, the, Mets, the Mets fans fall in love with these bum guys who they're not that good. Oh, well, this guy's going to be good. Look, look, let, let's see what he can do. Let's see what Brad Emus can do. Uh, he's He's gone. Get him the hell out. He's off the team. He sucks. Get him out. There's there's nothing there. And, you know, there's nothing. The, the truth is, Joe, there's nothing in the farm system for you to say, man, I can't wait till this guy comes up. Man, you know what? Fernando Martinez on the deal, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he sucks. You know what? He should be retired down edge. Let's put it that way, sir. If, one last thought. If the Mets could get rid of as much as they can just to dump some salary, like the Carlos Beltrans, Jose Reyes's, even Ike Davis's, just to get some good starting pitching, good good young starting pitching. I'm all for it, and the, I think the one answer that 
all Mets fans would love to have on this team is uh, the free agent that soon to be free agent on the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, Mr. Albert Pujols. I agree with you, and we talked about this way before, you know, earlier in the season. But the truth of the matter is, sir, even if the Mets did get someone like an Albert Pujols, or even if the Mets had the chance, the Mets don't have any money. You know, I talked to a lawyer friend of mine who, uh, again, is a Mets fan, and he was saying that he doesn't think, you know, he doesn't think that this this lawsuit has much merit, and he really doesn't believe that it's going to go anywhere, and they're going to sell it for pennies in the dollar. Which, if that's true, that's great, because that frees up money for the Mets to be able to go and get people. But if that doesn't happen, Joe, the the Mets can't get anybody. So yeah, who's going to be out there for Pujols? This is the perfect time for the Mets to have money and get somebody because the Mets are, they can't be outbid by anybody. The Red Sox aren't going to get them. They just signed. Uh, they just signed uh, Gonzalez to a monster contract uh, the other day, right. last week. I forgot to mention that. And, you know, with everybody else, they signed Carl Crawford to a monster contract. The Yankees have no need for fools. So the truth is that the Mets would be in prime position to get him, but they got to know money. Oh! Right. Okay. As Andrew so, does play with them. Yeah. Let's just drop the Mets uh, for now. But, again, folks, uh, all the Mets fans out there that are listening, we'd like to get your opinion on this. So, again, 714-364-4721. Hopefully you get to hopefully you get to call in tonight and we could discuss some Mets because me and DG are pretty much we pretty much said our piece about the team and now on to the main attraction of tonight we're actually going to do a fantasy draft WWE of uh, WWE superstars we're going to do a draft <laughs> because they're they're doing a crap draft uh, on Monday which you know that only two or three guys are going to switch shows so what I thought was best that tonight. We'd have a pure gold draft, and we would draft 10 guys. Everybody is pretty much a free agent on the roster. So, DG, we'll pick 10 people. We'll, after each pick, you'll just tell me if the person is going to be a face or heel on your show and why you picked them, and then we'll see. We'll compare the 10. I'll write them down, and then we'll you know, further analyze the draft afterwards. Sir, you are absolutely correct, and being as such – Age before beauty. I thought the yeah. best way to to handle this would be, and I, and I love the idea. By the way, when you uh, when you sent us out, the, the feelers were out this morning, and you told Fitz and you told our production team. I said, you know what, Joe is finally contributing to PG, and uh, you know I think that the best way to handle this, sir, the best way yeah. to handle this would be you being the anonymous Raw GM, and I of course would be Teddy Long on SmackDown, or you know DG and JB. We'd be the man, the general managers taking control. And, uh, you know, I figured in honor of the draft on Monday, crab draft, maybe, maybe not, we're going to be doing our very first PG WWE draft. And, folks, it will not be the last one. We have one that we have saved. We'll whip that one out when the Mets are about 20 games out of first place by the All-Star <laughs> break or at this pace by uh, my birthday or by this pace for my father's birthday, which is the first week of May. <laughs> there you go. So, Mr. Um, so yes. player, player, who goes first? <laughs> All right, well, like I said, age before beauty, so I believe, sir, that you should go first. Okay, sir. I am going to draft onto my show. By the way, I'm the Raw GM, the Raw Anonymous GM, so I am, going to, yeah, I am going to draft Mr. CM Punk. Damn it! I am going, <laughs> That's I the am first go- guy I was going to draft, you son of a... And I'm going to make him a heel because I think he plays a great heel. Um, so he's going to be the face of my show, sir. So you're up. <laughs> so he's going to be the face, a.k.a. the heel of your show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, basically, so we're picking anybody. It doesn't matter which show or whatever. We're just drafting them. Everybody's a free agent? 
as long as they're on the active roster, I'm on the WWE webpage right now with all the roster, the entire roster on this one page. Okay, so you you basically hosed me because uh, CM Punk was the first guy that I was going to pick. You know what? I'm going to go a little, a little unexpected for those of you who listen to this show. Yeah. I am going to go with the man, the myth, the legend, John Cena. And he is going to be a heel on my show. He will be the face in terms of the you know the main guy on SmackDown, but he will be a heel, and he'll be putting over other talent, and he is going to lose quite a bit. But the fans will still buy into it, and of course, because of that, the kiddies will tune in, even though their their hero has, has turned against them and hates their guts. Sir. So I, I thought you were going to tell me that you were going to pick John Cena, and he was going to be a face until you got drafted to your show, and then somehow you found a way to make him heel. Oh, well, of course, that's... That's pretty much, uh, you know, understood, sir. Okay. So, DG has John Cena. I have Sam Punk. And now I am up and I'm looking through my list here. And I am going to pick... Let's see here. I'm going to pick Christian. Damn it! You, <laughs> ah, why Why the hell did I let you go first? You, you have taken the two guys that I wanted most... You scum sucker! You we are always my on the favorite guys. We are always on the same page, sir. So I'm gonna have Christian as a face on my show on Raw, and he will definitely be contending with CM Punk for my WWE title. Non-spinner. I'm bringing back the undisputed title. Of course, of course. <laughs> that w- that would go without saying, sir. And now you have put me in quite a quandary because. The truth of the matter is, as I look at this slop fest of a show, as I look at this hot steamer, there really is not a lot of talent past a couple guys that we picked. <laughs> so I would have to pick, <sighs> I'm going to have to go with, uh, as my next pick, the Celtic warrior, Seamus, who I will make a face, and he, sir, will be the face of SmackDown, along with possibly my next pick. So we'll see if you pick him. But uh, Seamus would be the number two for me since you took my two favorite guys and you're a piece of garbage. Thank you. Another person that I feel that is uh, a great heel that is on SmackDown that you know has shown up on Raw lately, but I'm going to draft him onto my show because I think he definitely has the talent in the ring, and I think you know he's underutilized in that. I'm going to pick is Mr. Jack Swagger. What a surprise. Of course, you scum sucker. You picked three of the best talented, uh, the talent in terms of uh, in-ring ability in the WWE. So, Jack Swagger, is he going to be a face or a heel, sir? Oh, he's definitely going to be a heel with that lisp. You can't go face. Well, <laughs> I guess there's, there's always a, a possibility of, of that happening, sir. But So, Jack Swagger is your pick. Um yep. you know this, this this is definitely this is definitely some interesting stuff here, sir. Um as my next pick, being that you already took my two favorite guys, um let let's see, let's look through this roster. There's so much talent or <laughs> lack thereof on the WWE roster and with Edge being retired unfortunately, which of course is what precipitated this draft, the the real draft, and of course our fake draft. Um yep. I am going to have to pick as my next pick. <sighs> there's just there's not much left. I'm gonna have to go with John Morrison as uh, as my next guy. And Morrison along with Seamus I'll pick to be the two main guys on SmackDown. 
Um, he'll be the, the Friday night delight, as he likes to call himself. And, of course, I'll have both of them go over John Cena on a regular basis. Cena will be enhancement. Like I said, he'll lose all the time and possibly win once in a while just to maintain some credibility. But John Morrison will be a face on my show. And, of course, I'll work with him, get him going, get some mic skills, whomever I have to bring in. But Morrison definitely will be a face, and he will be one of the highlights of Friday Night SmackDown, sir. Very good. Well, I have three main event status guys. I have CM Punk, Christian, and Jack Swagger fighting for the WWE title. So now I'm going to, you know, I have time to build my main event talent a little bit more later because you're forgetting so many good people. So I'm going to start building my mid-card, my U.S. title ranking. So I'm going to take another great wrestler. I'm going to take Mr. Daniel Bryan. What a surprise. How did I know? I, I could just finish the rest of this draft for you if you want, sir. I could just, just pick the rest of the guys, you piece of garbage. Daniel Bryan, who should be on SmackDown, by the way, uh, with all the wrestling and the, the capabilities that he has. But as such, since you have been, I'm assuming he's going to be a face? He's definitely going to be my face, yep. All right, well, being that we're not sure when or what or how or who, when this uh, – this gentleman is going to be um, no longer an in-ring competitor, possibly soon, possibly not. But since this is a fantasy WWE draft, I would have to go with the one and only, the game, Triple H, who will be on SmackDown, and he will be a heel along with John Cena, sir. Wow, that's very interesting. All right, so you have Triple H. And, you know, Daniel Bryan, good technical wrestler. And I, yes, I definitely want I definitely want to feud with, you know, a guy that just Triple H actually recruited back in Mexico. I, I'm going to take Sin Cara. Okay, and you're going to take the botch fest that is Sin Cara. He's going to be a face, I'm assuming. No, I'm going to make him a heel because he's going to pretend to be a Rey Mysterio wannabe on my show, and he's going <laughs> to okay. botch up a lot of he's going to botch up a lot of moves, but. I'm going to work with him. I'm going to get my roadies to work with him, and, you know, he's going to be all right. He's going to be a good heel. He, he's definitely going to get rid of that finisher because, you know, it takes like it takes like two to tangle with that finisher. So we'll definitely work on that. I agree with that, sir. Um, my next pick is somebody I was hoping that you wouldn't pick, and I'm glad that you did. It's somebody who I believe has a lot of in-ring ability and somebody who I believe should be on the cusp of the main event level, but he hasn't been because of Randy Orton. So I'm going to pick the one and only a Kofi, a Kingston, who is going to be a face, and he will also be moving up the ranks. And, you know, basically the SmackDown is going to be lower-level guys, the mid-card guys who are on the cusp of greatness, and I will definitely put um, Kofi in a big feud with John Cena, the heel, for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. With that, I will take the ever-loyal, and, you know, I will definitely find a good use for him. I will take the big red machine, I will take Kane, and I'm going to make him a heel. Okay, well, uh, that's no surprise for Kane, considering he's always changing and switching and shifting and going back and forth. So um, that, that's good to see you have Kane as your next selection. My next selection will surprise you as well. I'm basically going to have my two least favorite guys on my show. Why? Because I'm going to bury their sorry beep as much as possible. They're going to do the complete opposite of what they've done for the past five years. I'm going to have the one and only Randy Horton is my number six pick in the WWE mock PG draft, sir. And he is going to lose like there's no tomorrow. But, of course, he'll win once in a while just to maintain his credibility, and he will put over guys like Kofi. Can oh, you talk about going, putting, getting put over in the feud. you got to see what Kofi is going to have happen to him when he faces Orton. He is going to beat Orton in about 15 matches in a row where Orton will get in no offense, and Kofi Kingston will then become the world 
Heavyweight champion, sir. So Randy Orton is a heel. Yes, Randy Orton is a heel, sir. There's no okay. ifs or buts about that. All right, I'm on the web. I think page it works best I, that way, sir. I really do. Yeah, I'm on the. I'm on the. Are you on the web page with all the superstars? Yeah. Oh, good. Then you probably forgot about this guy. And remember, this is a fantasy draft, and all things considering, he's not going to be broadcasting for SmackDown anymore. I'm wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, 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 I'm writing it no, down already, no. I wrote it down, it's no. done. You he said they had to be an active competitor, he is not an active competitor, if that were the case, I would have picked him three picks ago, but since you said active competitor, you cannot pick Booker T, because you said active and he's not active, sir. Well, I'm just saying, off the webpage, he, he's there. So no, I'm no, 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 no. You said active competitor, sir. You did then not you say inactive. You did not say announcer. Yeah, I can. Triple H is still active. He just wrestled a month ago. So did he's not considered retired. January. Booker T yeah, wrestled Booker in T. January. That was four months ago, and then he went to the SmackDown announce desk. He hasn't wrestled. He's done. It's over. Finito. See ya. So you're saying I can't pick Booker T? No, you can't pick Booker T. Come on! You make us all sick. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to pick Booker T, but he's there. Um, he is there, but he's not an announcer. Yeah, let's pick Ricardo Rodriguez. How about him? No, no, sir. I'm going to make my next person a face because I think he, not as good as Christian, but you know he's he's all right. I mean, he just doesn't. He needs to dump Alex Riley. So I'm going to pick the Miz, and he's awesome. He's my face on a show. So I have one, two, three faces. And three heels so far. No, wait. That's your that's your seventh pick, sir. Can you count? One, two, three. Yeah, three faces, four heels. I got the Miz. Okay. You picked the Miz. Um, okay, that, that's a good selection as always. The Miz is one of the one of the best probably in terms of mic ability. <sighs> Next up, number seven in our mock WWE draft. As good as it is, sir. This is this is as good as it gets. Um, as I look through this roster, this paper-thin roster, there's not much left in terms of really good talent. You already picked all the mid-carders and the guys that I would want. So I am going to have to go with the one and only Mr. Albert Del Rio, who I will continue to use as a heel because, uh, you know, he's good at what he does. So I'll keep Del Rio on SmackDown, and I'll, of course, push him to the main event as a heel. Okay. And adding to my, yeah, I, even though I have one, two, three, four, I'm going to pick another heel here. And I think that he has potential. He's probably the only guy that came out of the whole next blah, blah, blah. I'm going to pick Wade Barrett. Yeah, Wade Barrett definitely has potential. I agree with that, sir. And, you know, he probably should be on. I was actually thinking the other day he needs to get drafted to Roar and get away from the court. He needs to be his own man do his own thing because he has truly stagnated. But considering that, you know, it is what it is on uh, on our show, um, yeah. you know, we're we're just kind of going along with it. He definitely needs to stop being stagnant. He needs to do something with himself. And uh, let's, uh, you know, let's get the job done. All right, so next up on the agenda is I'm going to pick somebody who, this may surprise you a bit, but somebody who I believe has a lot of ability, just hasn't been used properly or done much. I'm going to have to go with Mr. Ted DiBiase, and uh, I'm going to make Ted – Face, and I'm gonna have him. He's gonna mid card. He'll be Intercontinental Champion, SmackDown, uh, you know, uh, U.S. Champ, whatever the case is. But I'll have him in the mid card status. But of course, he's gonna be slowly pushed up to the main event. I'll have him go over Randy Orton in about three months' worth of matches. So uh, aside from that, um, 
I think Ted DiBiase would be a, a good a welcome addition to SmackDown as a face, but of course so that he can uh, move up the ranks and you know finally show what he's got, sir. Okay. With that, I am going to take another face, and I think he will be a good face on my show because I'll book him the right way. I'm going to take Big Show. Hey, it's the Big Show. Yes, sir. All right, the Big Show, and he—you said he's going to be what, sir? A face. He's a face. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So let me do with one more pick. I have two. My next pick. It's going to be somebody who's already on SmackDown and is a bad guy, a heel. So I'm going to keep him in that vein. He's going to be feuding with my last pick. That's going to be Cody Rhodes. I'm hoping that Cody will, you know, get off his duff and become the talent that we all think that he can be. He's got some pretty good mic skills. And, of course, he's got the pedigree and, you know, the lineage. In 20 years, he'll be 700 pounds of weight like his father. But aside from that, I think that the one and only Cody Rhodes will be an excellent, excellent member of the SmackDown roster, as he already is. And he'll be a heel. Yes, he'll be a heel. Okay. And my my final one, I mean, he's down, he's on the down slope of his career, but I'm going to have this match open up every pay-per-view and every Raw because it's always Ray, good to have a great Mysterio. <laughs> it's a great technical <laughs> match. So I'm going to have Rey Mysterio drafted, and he's going to be my face since Sin Cara is a heel. Well, that would be good. They did have a nice little feud going, those two. Uh, I knew you were going to pick Rey Mysterio. Um, who, who else would you have picked, sir? I mean, there's just nobody else. So anyway, as my last pick, my final pick here, I'm going to do something unheard of, unbeknownst to any man. And there's really, I don't think there's anybody else. I mean, I like Evan Bourne, and I was thinking of bringing Evan Bourne to my show and bringing back the Cruiserweight title, but since you have all the other good Cruiserweights, that really won't work, and it won't make any sense. Alec Riley, Alex Riley's not that good. I mean, who wants Chavo Guerrero or, you know, Gold Duster, Dolph Ziggle Cakes. So I'm going to take the one and only, the, another man. So this will be three. This will be a clean sweep of, uh, you know, second and third generation stars. Actually, third generation. Um, I'm going to pick the one and only Michael McGillicuddy, but I'm going to repackage him as his real name, Joe Hennig. I'm going to push him as the son of Mr. Perfect, and I'm going to make him a face, and I'm going to let him do what he can do in the ring and really push him, along with Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. They'll be the next generation of superstars that will help carry the WWE when John Cena gets forcibly injured and you know his, his career is ruined. And, of course, Randy Orton, when they're both forced to retire in a couple of years by me, the general manager, I'll fire their sorry beat. And, of course, it'll be built into their contracts where they cannot go to Raw and they have to leave the WWE and go to TNA. So I would have to pick Michael McGillicuddy, again, repackage him as Joe Hennig, and he would be another one of the big stars in my SmackDown roster, sir. You know what's great, DG, is that you know we do have other people that we can draft, but just like Raw does, we don't want to spend all our time live and on the air doing this, so we could do the supplemental draft on the website. <laughs> of course we could. Now, before we, before we move on from this, though, sir, um, I think that – I think we should probably at least take a couple, make a couple more picks. Maybe I'd say three. Let me call it okay. audible here. We should make three picks, make them the women of the WWE, the Divas, so we can somehow um, bring back a, a Divas division. And uh, I'm going to let you take the first pick, sir. Let me put it to you this way, sir. This, you yep. know, we're going to have to bring back the uh, the Divas division. We're going to have to do something, uh, you know, exciting, interesting, different. So. Since you have the cruiserweights and stuff, you know what? Um, I'll let you take the first pick of, of a diva. 
Okay. I'm going to take the Glamazon Beth Phoenix. Uh, of course. What a surprise. You, you, why wouldn't you pick Beth Phoenix? Because she is obviously the best one in the WWE in terms of uh, yeah. women wrestlers. Yeah. I'm going to make her a heel. All right. Well, I would pick Trish, but since Trish is not on the active roster, even that would be great. Right. Um, let's see. I am going to have to pick... Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go with Melina because Melina is John Morrison's real-life girlfriend, and she sleeps around with everybody, so she'll probably sleep with the entire locker room. But aside from that, I'm going to pick her, and I'm going to make her a face, and she's going to team up with John Morrison, hopefully not to bury his career, but to push it up. I'll keep her out of the backstage politics, and uh, she'll be the face of my show, uh, Down. Okay, I'm going to take Gail Kim. She's going to be my face. Of course. <laughs> Of course, you know I'm telling you, I could have picked this entire draft. I, I could have, I knew exactly who you were gonna pick and when you were gonna pick them, and you're a piece of garbage, sir. All right. Yep. So since you picked Gail Kim, I'm gonna pick probably the best female wrestler in the WWE and keep her as a face, the one and only Natalia. Nice. Are Yes, sir. Okay. And keep her a face, you said. Yeah, she's gonna be. She's gonna stay a face. All right, so I have a heel and a face, and the only other person that I could possibly pick, just for, you know, ratings, I'm going to pick Kelly Kelly. Okay, that's a good pick, Kelly Kelly. I'm assuming she's going to be a face heel. What the hell is she going to be? Uh, she's just going to be um, TNA. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Wow, <laughs> Kelly Kelly, okay. So you're picking Kelly Kelly. She'll be on the face here. Um, all right, well, I'm going to pick probably the loveliest diva, one of the loveliest, I don't want my wife to hear this, you know, she's, she's in the studio right now. I'm going to pick the French kisser, Maurice, Maurice. as my heel. Yes, Maurice. I'm going to pick her as my heel, and uh, I'm going to have her probably team up with Randy Orton to talk for him because he's terrible. And, uh, you know, so that that will get him a, a nice push before he starts losing all his matches. So I'm going to pick Murray. You know, it's interesting. Neither one of us picked Michelle McCool, who's probably the next best Divas wrestler, uh, one of the best Divas wrestlers. We didn't pick Layla, who's got a pretty good personality. You know what, sir, just for the heck of it, let's just make two more picks and round this off at at 15. Let's let's just, you know, you make us all six, sir. Let's just go. Uh, And there have to be two more women? Yeah, two more women, because there's not many other people left in the show. (laughs) Because, like, you know, Todd just, you know, screamed in my headset. He's like, I can't believe you guys are drafting women now. Uh, what are you going to do, Todd? Just give us a two more, couple well, more seconds. <laughs> we could pick Jen Sturger if you wanted to make her a part of the WWE roster. Just for, just for no, Todd. I like Jen Sturgis, but, you know, she's not available. Cool, and she's going to be a, a heel. Who? Sir? Michelle McCool, heel. Okay. Michelle McCool, heel. I'm going to pick someone a little off the cusp, but somebody who I just think is really... So beautiful. And again, I don't want to have to hear this. I'm going to pick Rosa Mendez, and I'm going to keep her as a face, and I'm going to drop that whole, even I think she's Filipino, I don't even think she's Hispanic, but I'm going to drop that whole Hispanic, you know, crap and can't speak English thing, and I'm going to make her a serious competitor, and she is going to dominate Raw. And I'll probably put her as a as a valet with someone like uh, Ted DiBiase, get him over as a face, though. So, you know, I just wanted to... Uh, Throw that out there, sir. Actually, you know what? She is part Hispanic, so, you know, whatever. But she right. has a terrible accent. All right, so you have one more pick, sir. I suggest you use it wisely because we are actually taking, in this mock draft, we're taking the Divas division seriously. So we're going to make these women credible wrestlers. Yes, sir. So my last pick of the 
the night for this mock draft. And I think before I do pick that, I just want to say, DJ, I think we should uh, actually post this on our website and say whose draft was better, JB or DG, or just say, like, did you like this draft versus the WWE draft, which will be on Monday? We could use that as our poll question of the week on Tuesday. Just a thought out there. We could, there. Just throw it out there. Uh, and my, so how about you throw out there your last pick? My last pick is a face, and it's going to be not Adam, but I'm going to pick Eve. Okay. <laughs> You're going to pick Eve as a face. All right, that, that'll that work. You have two fields, three faces. Very nice. And I'm going to pick someone just because of her looks, no other reason, uh, which is oh, probably why Vince hires these women. But uh, you know what? We're going to train her. We're going to have uh, – Natalia's going to work with her to make her a better wrestler. And, uh, you know, I can't – who? You're picking Brie Bella, aren't you? Oh, no, I can't stand the Bella Twins, and I think they should be fired, and they're terrible. I'm okay, actually going to pick Caitlin, who is from NXT Season 3, the women's one. She's on this list here. She's on the roster. I'm going to pick her. Why? Because she is a sweet mama. And, uh, again, this is, you know, between you and I and the listening audience, this is never for, you know, anybody else to hear. But I'm going to pick her because I think that she has some talent. She has some charisma, as she showed in uh, NXT Season four, five, or six, whatever the hell season they were, she was in. And, again, I'm going to have her trained. You know, she's going to train with, the, with the, the good ones. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm going to change, I'm going to change something. Um, I'm, going to make, I'm going to keep Melina uh, a heel. Actually, no, I'll, I'll leave her face so she can team with Morrison. I'll make Caitlyn a heel, and she's going to team up with Maris, and uh, they're going to run roughshod over the women in the WWE. DJ, I mean, this was really fun. I, I actually like doing the draft. And, you know, if if the WWE did this kind of draft on Monday night and really revamped both Raw and SmackDown, I think we'd be a little bit more interested not to just trade two or three guys to, like, the different shows. And you always say Kane gets drafted. But this draft right he here is really interesting. <laughs> yeah. But this draft right here, to be honest with you, was really interesting, DJ. I think we drafted two good rosters. I agree, and I actually like the fact that we threw the women there, and just because it, it takes them seriously, which the WWE does not take them seriously. But I think it's about time that they did. So I enjoyed that aspect of it, sir. Good. Um, should we get to uh, the take? I guess we should. I mean, you know, let's get Jerry Rello on here. I mean, uh, what's his TJ? We should get him on, sir. So you want to tell us who our sponsor is for the evening before we throw it out to Todd? Yes, sir. Folks, it's 1042. It's time for the sports update. And Todd's take brought to you by the one and only Tenacious T, which will be hosting a live performance from international recording artist Ari Hest on Thursday, a week from tomorrow, April 28th at 7 p.m. at the Bergen County Academies. That is at 200 Hackensack Avenue, Hackensack, New Jersey. Tickets can be purchased online at musicinspireshealth.eventbrite.com. Tickets online are five dollars for students, seven dollars for adults, and if you choose to buy your tickets at the door, it will be ten dollars. Without further ado, it's time for the sports update. Todd, how are you, sir? Complete silence. Yeah, unfortunately, Hello? Todd, are you there, sir? I am here. Nobody hears me. Good. Yeah. I fell asleep yes, with the hear you now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a busy night in. Uh, in playoff sports here in New York, New York, New Jersey area, the uh, the Caps and the Blue Shirts are tied at three in a shootout. Pens and Lightning are tied at two in a shootout. What Game shootout? The Flyers one to nothing. What's a shootout? No, I don't think oh, they I... do shootouts in in, in playoff hockey. <laughs> they well, go to a second overtime. Whatever. But <laughs> they I, go I'm to not, a second overtime. Well, 
<laughs> let, let me tell you what's going on here tonight. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tonight, I have I have no cable here. Oh wow. So I'm I'm relying on the internet on uh, ESPN's GameCast, which is like watching paint dry. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. Nice. So anyway, it's three to three and two to two, and uh, Sabers over the Flyers one to nothing. Uh, Ducks Predators they are also tied at three at the end of two and the Red Wings and Coyotes are set to face off any second now exciting exciting stuff in the NHL on the other side of that coin we have the NBA playoffs Nuggets and Thunder the Thunder lead the Nuggets with less than five minutes to play in the fourth the Grizzlies are losing to the Spurs 65-66 at the end of the third and the Hornets and Lakers are set to tip off at 10.30 in Major League Baseball, the Sox have won another one against the A's, five to three. The White Sox have lost to the Rays, four to one. Astros, they take the Mets again, four to three. I, I was watching the game cast on that one, and I have to say it was pretty pathetic, even just watching the game cast. I could just imagine what it was like in person. Can only imagine. Five to four, Orioles beat the Twins. Padres and the Cubs have a doubleheader today. They split Padres and the Cubs. Padres 5-4, and then in the early game, they lose 1-2. to two. The twin uh, Yanks and the Jays, Yanks beat the Jays 6-2. D-backs over the Reds 3-1. to one. Angels, Angels beat the Rangers 4-1. to one. Pirates lose to the Marlins 6-0. Indians and the Royals, it is 6-2 in the top of the seventh. The Nats and the Cardinals also had a doubleheader. The uh, Nats won the early one 8-6, and I don't have a score for the current one. Braves Dodgers zero two Dodgers win uh, winning in the second. Phillies beat the Brewers four to three. Tigers beat the Mariners three to two. Giants lose to the Rockies two to ten. And that is your sports update, Jimmy. Thank you. Let's hope the Lakers lose tonight and go down o two. And without further ado, Todd, it's time for your take. So take it away, sir. All right. So with all the uh, the great sports going on right now. The Mets playing such premium baseball. The <laughs> the Rangers on the cusp of blowing a three nothing lead and uh being eliminated from the playoffs and the Knicks just well being the Knicks. It's good to see that last night the NFL had its big schedule release show. And normally in a regular off season I'd I'd already be talking about, you know, my beloved New York Jets, the big free agency splashes, frothing at the mouth at the prospect of the who's and the wins. But to be honest, I haven't been watching much NFL Network lately because, well, you know, there's not much to talk about or watch for that matter. I mean, I can only watch so much path to the draft. You know, we've run the gamut on Cam Newton here. Quite frankly, I don't want to hear about him anymore. I don't even care if the guy ever plays in the NFL. That's about how much I care. So I flipped by ESPN last night, like just in time to see the end of the sorry-ass Giants and uh, their schedule and the beginning of my beloved New York Jets. And normally I'd be analyzing the who's and the the why's versus my new free agent gangreners. But, of course, the NFLPA once again has ruined it for everybody. No chest puffing, no finger pointing, no witty remarks about your team's secondary or lack thereof. I miss Rex. I miss Rex. I need to hear some nonsense. I need to hear some... Some silly statements from Rex. I just, I need it. 
So while, while I was driving around today, though, I did catch about the last three minutes of the Doug Gottlieb show on ESPN Radio, and who I can't stand, by the way. I, I absolutely hate this guy. He irritates the hell out of me, which is probably why I listen to him sometimes, because I like to be irritated, I think. So he was talking about a small group of rank-and-file players who have broken the silence and have stated that lead counsel in this case against the NFL, one DeMora Smith, has not fairly represented them, that they feel that he and the rest of the uh, litigators are only concerned for representing the top money-making household name players. Well, no kidding, guys. I mean, as Bruce Willis so eloquently once put it, welcome to the party, pal. The NFLPA is a union. Just like any union, the only, con- the only concern that they have for themselves is with their top earners, the, guy who pay the, the guys who pay the highest commission to the agents, who, after all, are, well, lawyers. So now I, couldn't, I, I could not find any mention of this story on NFL or on ESPN or Yahoo Sports, for that matter. So I may be going off half-cocked on this, but I never miss an opportunity to take a shot at Crybaby millionaires, that's right, Rick Riley of ESPN, terrible columnist, I said it. Agents, lawyers, and most despicable of all, unions. So, Demora Smith, you can consider my shot taken. I'm Todd Johnstone. JB? Yes, a Todd take about the NFL. All is right with the world, DG. (laughs) (laughs) The equilibrium has been returned. (laughs) That's yes. exactly what it is, but Todd, we thank you for joining us this evening. As always, a pleasure. You have a, a wonderful Easter weekend, and you have fun, and do whatever it is that you do, sir. Uh, blessed to you guys and your families as well. I thank take you. Care. Go watch your Rangers on Comcast. Folks, that was the one and only Todd, and now we're going to get into another segment that we, we thought maybe we'd start off the show with. Maybe we would get into that, but you know what? We didn't. We weren't able to. But the fact is that we need to go back to back in the belly to belly, following up with uh regular contributors, regular members of the Pure Goal team. Let's get into a little Smallville view, and we'll expand that. Um, well, at least I will expand it afterwards. We have the one and only Hans joining us. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. What's with the Z at the end of my name? Well, I mean, that's it's nice. But your name, Hans? No, not at all. Well, whatever. What do you got for us today, sir? Well, as you know, uh, last Friday was the premiere of the last six episodes of Smallville, <laughs> six or five episodes of Smallville. And, is this uh, the premiere or the re-premiere? <laughs> is this the that? re-premiere? Is this the re-re-re-premiere? Because I think the premiere was yeah, in the September. Yeah, the re-re-re-premiere, <laughs> like the fourth okay. one this year. Oh, I thought so. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. You guys both watched it, right? I don't want to yes, talk about it, and neither of you have seen it. Uh, well, as you both know, it was a trip back to the alternate Earth for Clark. Another and one. Other Clark. Yeah, another revisit. I don't know. To me, the, the episode was good, but it just seemed like they were playing off of uh, Bizarro again, having two Clarks on the show, one bad, one good. I don't know, it just felt a little tired, but I liked the interaction between Clark and his father. It was great seeing John Schneider back on the show again. Of course. In a little different capacity than what we're used to, for a little bit anyways, because he turned back to the 
good old Pa Kent that we we knew from years past. Of course. But other and ending, I didn't like the way it ended. It was kind of, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem like a right ending. Him ringing the doorbell. I think they they could have done a little more, far shown that before and left the conversation between Clark and Lois as the ending, which would have been better to me. I agree with that, actually. I think that that would have been a better ending to the show. Or they could have shown the other Clark going back to his world and to see what would have happened there. You know, maybe sorry, maybe him approaching people and Whoa. trying to win them over. I don't know about that. Maybe just focusing more on him and Jarrell a little bit more, seeing what he would have said or how he would have interacted with his father. His real father or his real yeah, fake his father? his real father. Yeah, his Kryptonian father. Yeah, that would have been good. A- anything else you thought about the episode? I mean, it was definitely good. I liked it. I know that Joe loved it. He was going crazy about it, frothing at the mouth. But I, what I like personally, what you said, is about John Schneider. It's always great to see him back. He's my second favorite character in the annals of Smallville after, of course, Clark himself. But, uh, you know, Pa Kent, Jonathan Kent was great to see. And it was nice to see him. He was basically the bizarro um, Jonathan Kent, which is kind of nice to see because we're always used to him being such a nice, sweet, and loving guy. So I, I definitely enjoyed that, sir. What was up with the alternate Earth being gray? Is that really <laughs> what it's like if one were to exist? Because in the other episode, <laughs> it was all full of color. And this one, it was like they took out the sun. What was up with that? The, <laughs> Maybe the it's whole because the. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird to see at the end. I'm like, man, really? What's up with this whole oh, missing something? But I think it's probably because of the fact that um, the crystal was broken or something, so they wanted us to say that the gray light was fracturing in from the other universe. I, I, I can't imagine any other reason why they did that, sir. Yeah, that was just weird to me that it was all in black and white, no color, <laughs> the life sucked out of it. Of course, that's always a plus. JB, yeah, what did you think about the episode? If if you can uh, share your thoughts with us since you're so talkative as usual. I mean, you you hit on all the positive points, so I might as well hit the negative. I didn't like the fact that they ended the show or the yeah that episode. Uh, well, before Jonathan Kent rang the doorbell, Martha, uh, you had you know Clark and Lois sitting uh, on the porch, um, basically talking about selling the farm. But I'm thinking to myself. Why do you have to sell the farm? Why can't you live there? Because it'll take you like two seconds to get home. You are Superman. I don't understand why they have to move to Metropolis. I think he gave a pretty lame reason why he has to move to Metropolis when Clark could take both him and Lois home in about two seconds. <laughs> Hans, any thoughts on that there? <laughs> well, that that was kind of weird to me that they're planning on selling the farm because in every other incarnation of, of Superman, the mom is still living on the farm. Uh, unless they you mean she's not a senator? Become, you mean, no, she's, yeah, you mean she well, she's a senator <laughs> by default, which is weird in itself, but that's that's a topic for another day. Yeah, I think I we mean, discussed that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we did the last time. Um, but it, it's weird that they're planning on selling it. The reasons are weird. I mean, yeah, JB's right. He could just zoom in and out, but... It would only make sense that he live in Metropolis and just keep the farm. Why? Why get rid of it? That's his. That's his home. I don't understand why they're doing that. Actually, I don't understand what the point is. I mean, I get the idea of 
him trying to move away. And I, I think the whole thing is, all right, he's, he's going to Metropolis. He's finally going to Metropolis. He's finally making it official. But like he said, like, like Joe said, it really doesn't make sense because, you know, he's always lived there, every incarnation of, of Superman. So maybe he'll change his mind at the end. But I guess it's just to kind of differentiate him from, you know, Superman, Clark Kent, Superman, Clark Kent. You know, we can't keep him in Smallville because then people will be confused. Like, you know, they don't give us much credit anyway, sir. Let me. Yeah, that's let me good. Ask Han, yeah, let me ask Hans uh, another question. Um, since I was shot down with my theory about Lex Luthor being brought back because he's still in the alternate world, but, you know, DG is happy to remind me that uh, he was killed in the alternate world. What do you think and how do you think they're going to bring back Lex? I have... I'm thinking it's going to be a deal with uh, Darkseid. That's the only possible answer that they could bring after seeing him and Lionel at the at the gravesite. That either Lionel trades his life for for Lexus to come back or something like that. I mean, they already ruled out the the clone who became Connor Kent, uh, the yeah. the clone of Lionel or. Lex and, and Clark. Yeah, so that's, that's I, true. I really have no out. idea. And, and they're not giving any like hints towards what's going to happen with Lex and how he's going to come back. Yeah, they haven't given any hints, really. It'd be interesting just to see him on the show. I think really the show needs to end, and we've talked about this at, at nauseum, but it really needs to end with everybody, even Lana. Like, bring her back, you know? She needs to be on the show. Get Pete back. Get everybody back, at least for that one final episode. But uh, when do you think he's going to put on the costume? you think it'll be the very last minute or the very last second of the show, and then that'll be the end of it, like I kind of think? Or do you think that they're going to have a minute at the end of the, the final episodes, the last two? I personally think it, it is going to be the last few minutes of the show where he's either, you know, changing in the phone booth or running down the street ripping off his clothes, which is what every person who's played Superman does, which would be a great send-off for Clark. Him well, did, you see, the, did you see the commercials in, in between the show where they were showing the Smallville finale and him with the, with the silhouette of him with the, the cape blowing in the wind, and then, of course, the finale and all the things going on, all the talking and everything? No, I, I didn't see that. Or, uh, the only clips I've been seeing were on the net where um, he says something about believing, and they have the Superman theme playing in the background, which I heard they're trying to get clearance for to play during the the last episode or the last two episodes. Oh, that would be sweet, Joe. What do you think? How do you think this is going to end? Well, I gave you my two theories. I, I want to obviously put on the. Uh, I want the payoff to be that he he wears the uniform throughout the series finale. But, you know, it only makes sense that he puts it on. And I, I gave you two scenarios today, DG, in our, in our production meeting. And, Hans, I'll tell you them now. Let me know what you think. There's, I think there's two scenarios. Either he puts it on at the very last second and he flies lowest and they fly towards the sun or towards the moon, uh, a happy ending like that. Or you have, you know, the sounds of sirens and police cars and you hear a bunch of different murmur throughout Metropolis. And, you know, Lois is like, you know, they're calling your name. And then, you know, Clark says, i got to go to work. And all of a sudden, you know, two seconds later, he's in his Superman outfit, and he flies away, and Lois watches him. What do you think of those two scenarios? Either one of those would be great, actually. Those are pretty good scenarios. I don't see it, him wearing it throughout the series finale. I don't think they're going to give us all of that, because who would he be fighting 
throughout that whole time that he'd be wearing the the costume. That's, yeah, I think that point. would be the only thing. Yeah, hopefully Lex. <laughs> hopefully, like, like in all the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, you know they and always had Lex flying the before then. Because if you saw this episode, it seemed like he flew to save Tess. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it, it would have made window. no sense. It, it seemed it actually like made he no flew sense. up there. Go ahead, All right, now, now, I was going to say that I think it makes no sense if he didn't fly, but apparently he still can't fly. I know there's going to be one episode where Kara comes back, and uh, apparently she that episode I think Lois gets Clark's powers or Jarrell grants them to her or something. So I'm assuming that finally has to be the episode where um, Clark Clark gets to fly and we get to see him on screen, which of course we we both we all think is ridiculous, but I think that's finally where they're going to get that done, sir. Is I it? I think is it should come back and yep. chew on a lollipop that gives him fl- powers of flight, and that's how he learns <laughs> how to play. And he teaches. So I think that would be the part. best way. Yeah, we're gonna have to edit that part out. Let me just ask you. Um, <laughs> what was I going to ask you? Oh, and is, it you possible, is it possible that Lex's sister Tess? In some sadistic, weird way, he turns. You know, he finds out that his sister. He's attracted to her, and she becomes Miss <laughs> Tessmacher. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you know who Miss Tessmacher is, right? Yeah, I, I do. But Tess Mercer is supposed to be like a, a big amalgam of all those characters. So Tess, Miss, uh, what is it? Tess, Tessmacher, and there's another one, Percy, something or other, Mercy. I forget who. So. I think she's an amalgam of those two characters, so I don't know about this whole incestuous uh, love angle that you're throwing out there, JB. I'm not sure if I'd be if I'd be down with that. I just got to throw it out there because you guys are, you know, the experts. I'm just throwing out some theories. <laughs> of course, it, it could be that Tess turns out to be Lex this whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, huh? they, they throw yeah, it back at JB fall. there. She she takes off the red wig and says, "Clark, <laughs> it's been me all along." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably the best route, the, the way that they should go, and I think that's, that's the only how way they got to end the love it. child of Connor. That's, of course, that's the only explanation. The actual love child, and of course, we're gonna they're gonna go into graphic footage of what really happened behind closed doors and uh, Lex and and or excuse me, so yeah, Lex and Tess and all that. When it comes out, of course, of course. I mean, you know, I heard that there's gonna be a wedding, and I guess it's gonna be Lex, aka Tess. Marrying Clark. Wow, this this show is really taking a turn for the worse. I have to I have to say this this is really a sad state of affairs. And you know, next week's episode looks kind of interesting when you have the uh, supposed green uh, gold kryptonite that will you know try to take Clark's powers away forever. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that that should be interesting. I think they're also going to introduce Booster Gold and. Uh, Blue Beetle and whatnot, so they'll be the final, probably the final heroes that are ever introduced on this show. And I know that the filming is already wrapped up, so I would just love to get a peek and see what is actually going on in the Smallville universe, how the show is going to end. Because I mean, we have to have somehow, some way, it's got to be a PG exclusive. We have to get together and watch that. Uh, you know, at least half of us need to see it because that is going to be a true end of an era and something where you know we're all going to be uh, weeping tears of, of sadness after that. <laughs> I have to admit. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty half true. Of us. That, that is when there's three true. of us, half of us. Yeah, that makes sense. 
<laughs> well, we have other members of the team, sir. I mean, we have Todd, we have uh, Kelly, you know, we have Fitz. There's a lot more to Pure Gold than just, uh, you know, me, you, and Hans, sir. Yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. So, Hans, do you have anything else for us, sir, before we, uh, you know, drop it on you? Yes, actually, you know, since Smallville's about to end, a lot of the summer shows are coming back. A lot of the shows might not be coming back, so I thought it would be a good idea to let listeners email us at puregoldpg at yahoo.com and just send us um, an email asking us about whatever favorite show you watched or that's coming up for their summer runs or shows that, you know, you don't know whether they're ending or they're getting canceled, like the event, and we could talk about that and let you know what. What's the word on those shows? So hopefully oh, the listeners will email us, and uh, we'll get to talk about what they the shows that they like to hear. Yeah, I got a I got an email from uh, one of our producers saying that the show the inbox is probably gonna be overloaded now after making that comment. But you know, as, as opposed to letting the people look it up themselves, let's do all the work for them. That should be good. But um, you know, we're <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely interested to see what the fans That's out there why have they to listen say. To us. So we do all the work for them and tell them what's going on in the world. Oh, of course. I mean, why, why else would they listen to this show? I mean, other than the fact that we have the greatest talk in, in talk radio. But, Hans, we thank you very much, sir. You need to catch up on the rest of the show so we can talk a little bit more about them. Uh, Burn Notice, the Vault Sam Axe, of course, which I saw, which, you know, I enjoyed. And I'll get into that a little bit. But, uh, you know, you got to go check that out, sir. And uh, did you get a chance to watch The Office or no? No, actually, um, downloading The Office, Parks and Rec, and I'm going to watch The Fall of Sam after I get off the phone with you. So maybe we could uh, save that for Tuesday night or next Thursday. We could have a conversation about it. We could. We could definitely talk about that, sir. As always, a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. And remember to always buckle up because it's the law. And keep it PG. <laughs> of course. Always, no matter what you do, always keep it PG, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right, take care. Later. We have the one the one and only Hans joining us. JB, uh, as we wrap up a nice little bow on this show, do you have any other uh, final thoughts you'd like to get into? No, we're into the overrun. I just want to get your quick thought on the fact that if there is an NFL season, the um, the first week of the season will be on 9-11. That will be the 10-year of the tragic events that happened, you know, in the United States, in New York, in Washington, D.C., in Pennsylvania with those terrorists, uh, but they, you know, the NFL has decided that they want to go either two, uh, either two routes. They will either want to have the New York Giants play the New York Jets Sunday night on September 11th, or they want to have the Giants play the Washington Redskins because you have New York and Washington D.C. and you have the Jets opening up Sunday night against the Cowboys as well. Um, any thoughts on any of that stuff, DG? Well, I like the idea of the 9/11 game personally. I mean, maybe other people may not, but it's been it's a 10 year anniversary, so I think they should do something special. And being that we have both teams um, from New York or New Jersey, whatever, I think it would be a good idea to have those two teams la 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 lock it up. I'd love to be talking about that on Tuesday. You know, we should even do a special Sunday night show for when that does happen in September, because that'll be right before my uh, my child is born and before Peter Gold has to go on a hiatus for a bit. So it would definitely be nice to, to, to get into that. And I think it's a good idea by the NFL. I think it's something different, something fun, something interesting. I, I honestly think it's a nice way to uh, celebrate 9-11, sir. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, 
we'll see what if there is an NFL season. If they do, it would be nice to see the Giants and Jets open up against each other, you know, at the new Meadowlands Stadium. Other than that, DG, another great week, another back-to-back and a belly-to-belly pure gold. Just want to wish you and your family the very happiest of Easter's, and, uh, you know, we'll talk again Tuesday. Well, sir, before we uh, close the show, uh, we actually have Hans back on the air with us for a brief moment. Hans, are you there, sir? Yes, I am. All right, I wanted to mention this to you, and uh, it, it'll be old news if we get into this next week, and we tend to have a habit of, of doing that, getting into old news after the fact because of the fact that, you know, we're only doing Tuesdays and Thursdays for the most part. But yesterday, IGN revealed, and I'm not sure if you if you check this out, sir, who um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Marion Cotillard would be playing in the new uh, Dark Knight movie. Did, did you happen to get a peep of that, sir? Actually, I did. I did catch that today, this afternoon, which I completely forgot to mention while I was on the show. Uh, he's playing some – Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing some beat cop uh, – Assigned special assignments from Commissioner Gordon, right? Yeah, his name is John Blake. Yes, uh, some fictional character yeah. that's not in the normal DC unit. Well, they're all fictional, but he's not in the regular DC continuity, so he's some made-up character by Chris Nolan. And I'm not sure what uh, what the lady is going to be playing. She's going to be playing a character called Miranda Tate, and she's going to be a member of Wayne Enterprises, who's trying to help Bruce out with the company. As he's, I think he's still going through mourning. Over uh, what's her face? I forget Rachel Dawes. Um, but the rumors are circulating that uh, Gordon Levitt will actually end up playing a crooked cop, and that the Tate character will in fact be revealed to be Talia Al Ghul, the daughter of the villain from Batman Begins. And you know, I'm sorry, Mr. Nolan. I have a lot of respect for you. I think you're a great director. I loved Inception. I loved uh, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. But the man's name is not Raz Al Ghul. It is Raish Al Ghul as we learned in the Batman cartoon. So apparently he, there's going to be a younger version of Ra's al Ghul in this movie, not Liam Neeson, but uh, Talia is probably going to be revealed to be Miranda or Marion Cotillard, uh, sir. So that, 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 that's the news going on. Um, you know, we already know that Anne Hathaway is going to be playing Selena Cal. And Tom Hardy from Inception also, and Marion Cotillard is from Inception, and so is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the three of them, the Inception cast, um, you know, Hardy's going to be playing Bane. And I actually heard there's a rumor going around that Chris Nolan wants the entire cast of Inception to be in this movie and that Leonardo DiCaprio will probably end up being a garbage man in this film just to get him in the <laughs> Did you hear about that, sir? Are you being serious about that? Hell no, I'm not about being serious, but they got everybody Everybody from the cast of Inception in, is in this movie except Inception for the girl. Inception Part 2 featuring Batman is what it is. It, it should be, sir. Hey, Joe. Um, any yeah. thoughts on what we said? I mean, I know, I know that you, you probably knowing you, you probably haven't seen Inception. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, I've seen it twice. Don't worry. I just want to ask what? Josh Pence. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, he's gonna be. Um, he's gonna be Rachel Gould, the, the younger version of him. Uh, I don't know who Josh Pence is, but he's gonna be the the, the younger Rachel Gould. But uh, so if you've seen Inception, then you know who Joseph Gordon-Levitt is. He's the the, the brunette guy. Uh, I forget his name. I don't know if it's Arthur or Stewart or Ralph or whatever the hell his name is, but he's leaning out of DiCaprio's right-hand man. So are you following me, sir? I'm following you. All right. And his ex-wife, who's dead and keeps haunting him in that movie, that is Marion Cotillard, who's going to be playing, uh, you know, Talia al Ghul, possibly, or, you know, according to this, Miranda Tate. So you following me so far? So far. And then... Tom Hardy, who will be Bane, who the main villain of the movie, is the other guy that they hire, the deception expert, um, who's going to be helping them out 
with uh, you know in the movie with you know getting the getting the job done as it were and uh, you know he he's the guy who's running around in the snowsuit shooting people and doing all kinds of things. Are you following me so far? So far. And then Leonardo DiCaprio is going to play a garbage man in Gotham City just to get him in there. What do you think about that, sir? I don't care about that. I, I don't <laughs> like the. I'm I'm looking at the main page for The Dark Knight Rises, and if this is going to be the last of the installment of the three movies. We can pretty much lock it up that the Dark Knight is going to be the best of the three because um, I can't believe how many different like heels they have on this. They got Catwoman, Bane, <laughs> you know, young Raz Al Ghul, um, you know, the daughter of Raz Al Ghul. I mean, this show, this storyline, I, I don't think it's going to be any good. Hans, any thoughts on what, that? What no, what Nolan is trying to do is just come full circle with the whole movie and come back to what was going on in the beginning according to what the internet is buzzing about. And the first rumors were that Levitt is supposed to play um, the uh, Falcone's son. Oh, yeah, yeah, that and too. Who in the comic books turns out to be another criminal, uh, the Calendar Man, something like yeah, that, yeah, the Calendar yeah. Killer. From the Long uh, Halloween. In the Long yeah, Halloween that. in that Batman yeah. book. So... Who knows? Right now they're just throwing names out and parts out, which can change, which I believe what you're saying, uh, DG, is going to be true. He's going to turn out to probably be Falcone's kid, and she's going to turn out to be uh, Ray Zal Ghul's kid. That's all it's going to be, and they're just going to give them different names for now to keep it under wraps. Yeah, so I mean... You want to go full. You want to go full circle, but then you want to bring Catwoman and Bane in there. I mean, I think it's a, a little bit more than a circle. I think you got like a a cylinder. What's it? Wait, say that again. A cylinder. <laughs> you said we're coming full circle, but I don't know if we're coming oh. full circle with with Catwoman and and you know and Bane. I feel like we're going cylinder. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I think it's more of an element. Weird that that he's going to be ending the series, but he's going to bring such an iconic character from Batman, like Bane, who who breaks the Batman in half in, in the books. So that's just weird to bring him back for the final movie and not have that story be a part of the movies, which would make a great movie as far as I'm concerned. You mean Nightfall when he breaks his back? Yeah, when he breaks his back. Did he step on crack? <laughs> What a tool. Um, I think that there's no uh, there's no fans or buts about it that, you know, I think we're going to be disappointed with this movie. I mean, I don't like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. I don't, I mean, Tom Hardy's a good actor, but I can't imagine him being Bane. And I, what do you think, Hans? Do you agree with Joe that, that we're going to be disappointed with this movie? I don't know if we're going to be disappointed because, well, we might be because we're putting so much into this movie because it's the final Nolan Batman movie. And... Like, I I think I mentioned this to you guys already, that they're already planning to reboot the series as soon as Nolan is done, just so they could keep the franchise going. So, I mean, it it is going to be a little disappointing. It's not going to live up to The Dark Knight and uh, what Heath Ledger did with The Joker and everything else about that movie that made it great. This third one is not going to live up to it, no matter what. And so what this probably Tom means Hardy, is that it's going to be the greatest Tom movie Hardy of all time. Bane, I'm actually, I'm kind of liking the idea because he's got another movie coming out before this one. It's called The Warrior, 
And if you if you see him from what he looked like in, in Inception to what he looks like in, in this new movie, Warrior, he's pretty jacked up. He looks kind of like Bane. He's got the big uh, shoulder muscles bulging out. He he looked like he put on a lot of weight for this new movie. So who knows? He might actually be able to play this part. Well, I think what they should do, uh, well, first of all, what I said was that um, this probably means that this will be the greatest movie in the history of uh, of AV film and cinema and anything. It'll probably win eleven Academy Awards just, you know, for the Ooh. acting and the and the script. But I think that what's going to happen is they're going to have Christian Bale go like he did for the Machinist and lose like a hundred pounds of muscle, so he'll be Batman, uh, you know, undersized, skinny, anorexic Batman. And then Tom Hardy will we'll get we'll, they'll bust him up on steroids and he'll be jacked up and look like an animal. What do you guys think about that? I think they should absolutely do that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they well, should break his uh, back. They should. They should break. <laughs> Speaking of backs being broken, I think that we've uh, we've uh, done all we can with this show. So Hans, again, we thank you for coming on twice. This is a world record. We had you on two times, so thank you again for calling back and uh, clearing your Not schedule problem, for, for PG. All right, have a good night. Never a problem to to clear my schedule for PG. <laughs> all right, sir. Have a good uh, Easter weekend, and uh, thank you very much. Oh, and by the way, it was Hans' birthday last week, so we had to throw that out there. He turned uh, 30 years old, a big 3-0, and uh, we want to wish Hans a very happy, healthy uh, birthday. And he's still my son, even if he's two months older than me. But aside from that, <laughs> good evening, sir. <laughs> have a great Easter. You too. Um, and of course, JB, you as well have a wonderful Easter. Um, can you throw us out there the uh, the sponsor one more time before we uh, lock it up and throw away the key? Of course, sir. And tonight's show was brought to you by one of our loyal listeners, Tenacious T, which is sponsoring a live performance from international recording artist Ari Hest on Thursday next week, April 28th at 7 p.m. at the Bergen County Academies, which is at 200 Hackensack Avenue in Hackensack, New Jersey. Tickets can be purchased online at musicinspireshealth.eventbrite.com. When you purchase tickets online, they will be only $5 for students, $7 for adults. If you choose to wait and buy your ticket at the door, it will be $10. And again, DG, wishing you and your family the happiest and healthiest of Easter, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. I greatly appreciate that, sir. And, uh, I mean... I don't mean I, I'm not trying to knock the concert or anything. I think it's a wonderful thing they're doing, but I don't understand why they have to make these websites so complicated. I mean, I got confused just following you. So can you throw out that website one more time, sir? Yeah, that website once again is Music Inspires Health. That's all one word. dot Eventbrite. B r i t e. dot com. Thank you, sir. As always, a You're pleasure, welcome. folks. We'd like to thank you for uh, joining in this evening on our wonderful broadcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I thank uh, Fitz, our producer. I'd like to thank Kelly, our board op. I'd like to thank Jose, our media director, Hans, for joining us, as always, for his wonderful Smallville View segment. Um, I'd like to thank JB, my partner, of course. I don't even know I'm thanking him because he really doesn't you know, do much. But aside from that, you, the listening audience, oh, you're still there, sorry. You, the listening audience, we hope that you can come on with us once again next Tuesday night Follow us. This is the best show around. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it P-A-G. Good night, everyone.